for tuning in to the Tyler Gossip Podcast. My guest today is Emma Montgomery. Emma is a certified personal trainer, fitness and nutrition expert, and owner of Macros by M, an online coaching for fitness and nutrition. I love sitting down with Emma for a couple of reasons. She grew her business after finding her passion in fitness and nutrition, left the corporate world, and ended up doing what she loved more than uh, the daily grind. Today, we're gonna go through a, a few things about how she built her business, we're going to look at her philosophy on nutrition and workouts and just talk about in general some of the psychology around weight loss and helping people hit their goals. Emma Montgomery, thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm excited yeah, to be here. I'm super excited uh, for you to be here as well. So you were at right at the top of the list on people that I wanted to have on here for a few that. reasons. Um, number one, I think you have a super inspirational story Thank you. and, um, one that I, I think a lot of the listeners can relate to, um, as well as something that we all kind of aspire to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I talk to you, a few things jump out. Um, number one, your, um, courage. Thank you. On what you've done. <laughs> it's really cool. Number two, your grit. Yeah. And I don't know, I think that's kind of one of those things that you, you're not able to teach necessarily. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you have it or you don't, yep. but you can, you can take advantage of situations and you can take those leaps and you can be a person who decides that they are going to get something done and persevere mm -hmm. and you check all those boxes. So that's, those are some of the reasons, but also, uh, what you do is really interesting to me personally, yeah. health and fitness. And I think something that can really help everybody. Thank you. So I, I hope so. Last time, I guess when we met, you were a banker. Yep. <laughs> now you do something totally different. Totally different. So tell me about your business. Yeah. Macros with M. Yep. Uh, so I am an online uh, health and fitness coach. So um, really specialize, obviously, in macronutrients and, and um, teaching clients how to count macros, but a lot of it, um, the majority of the clients that I work with are weight loss, uh, fat loss related, um, primarily women. And um, I do, uh, you know, personal training in terms of like their exercise, give them cardio recommendations. And then a lot of it is just around diet. Um, and so that's essentially in a nutshell, I'm an, an online health and fitness coach. So it's all remote. Everything's online. Um, you know, I talk to clients via email, through my app, and um, if they need to schedule phone calls and stuff, but it's all essentially remote. <laughs> yeah. So what you do, I think, is perfect for the way people's lives are set up. Yes. So I don't have to meet you face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. um, the way that you approach nutrition is really refreshing because what you see – from a lot of people, nutritionists is, hey, look, let's make this braised lamb mm -hmm. with a demi glaze. <laughs> and you're like, who has time to do this? Nobody. I've got soccer <laughs> practice. I've got, you know, I was at work till, you know, seven yeah. o'clock. Yep. So when I look at your Instagram page, I love it because I will pull it up personally, just be like, what am I going to have for dinner? Yeah. And I'm like, I'll scroll through and just like stop on something. And I can stop at Walmart and pick up yes. a pack of hot dogs, Yep. you know, that kind of stuff, frozen um, peppers and onions, yep. grill that, throw it on there and go. Yep. It's, it's good. It tastes good. It takes me five minutes to do it. Mm -hmm. 
and it fits with with my lifestyle. Yeah. When when you go to start a nutrition program, it can be really really daunting, especially oh, yes. if you've never done it before. Yep. And so I lo- I love that approach. Um, we I always talk about people who are like genuine and real, mm-hmm. and you check that box too. Uh, you're not making things that are like a souffle or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I love that. So what you t- preach is flexible dieting, mm-hmm. and tell me about that because I think w- when we when you first kind of started into this, mm-hmm. I remember talking to you at the bank and yep. I was like, hey, have you seen this macro stuff? Because <laughs> I was doing some strongman competition yes. and I was needing to cut a little bit of late weight to hit a weight class. And I kind of started looking into that. And that was, I don't know how long ago that was, but that was on the forefront of that. Yep. You're like, I'm, I'm looking at that too right mm-hmm. now. I'll let you know how it goes. Yep. You had a lot of success. So- Give me a background on what flexible dieting is. Mm -hmm. And when you say macros, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So um, counting macros is, macros is short for macronutrients, which is literally protein, fat, and carbs. So those three things make up the energy or the calories in the food that we eat. So it's in literally everything. So um, it's a blessing and a curse for me because like when I look at a piece of chicken, I sometimes get lost in the fact that I'm like, that's 120 calories and that's 26 grams of protein. And like, there's a lot, um, I'm kind of like rain man with the numbers in my head right. <laughs> sometimes, um, which again is a great thing and a bad thing. Um, <clears throat> but essentially, um, macros, counting macros, the reason that I teach flexible dieting and that I follow it myself is because it is, it's truly that, like it's flexible um, in its approach. So it doesn't mean that you eat junk all day long. Sure, you can work Pop-Tarts in your day if you want to. Um, but the idea is that you're not married to a meal plan where um, when I first started dieting for a competition, I literally was chained to a meal plan where I ate the exact same thing for like four or five meals a day. And it was very... Um, bland. There were no seasonings. It was like you, it told you like tilapia and asparagus or chicken and asparagus. So like there was no straying from that. And I didn't know any different that I could, um, with flexible dieting, you could say, you know, for my protein for this meal, I want a piece of chicken or no, I'd rather have ground turkey or ground beef or um, some hot dogs. And so it gives you that flexibility to be able to pick and choose the foods that you like so that you're able to adhere to your plan better. So that's why I follow it and recommend it to clients because you can truly work it into your lifestyle no matter how busy you are, um, no matter if you're somebody who prefers fats over carbs or vice versa. Right. Um, so it it truly can work for anybody. There is a little bit of a learning curve, obviously, when you first start um, just trying to like log your food and it can be a little consuming. But again, you know, nobody just woke up and like knew how to drive a car like you have to learn and like put your reps in and get the practice in um but it is i hands down would recommend it to and that's why i teach it to to everyone because it truly changed my life in terms of dieting yeah so talk about that Mm because this is one of the things that i think really set you apart sometimes people look at yourself or they look at their trainer and they say they don't know what it's like Mm -hmm. they've never been overweight Mm -hmm. um they're blessed with a high metabolism, which oh, yeah. we'll get into in a minute because yeah. I think that's a total <laughs> myth. Anybody you see that's in good shape, if they say they don't watch what they eat, they're lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. percent accurate, yep. Um, so, but, so tell me about your journey. So you're working yeah. at the bank. 
were you always in good shape? Were you? No. Um, honestly, so my um, fitness journey started, I had my son in 2012. And while I was pregnant with him, um, the first like few months that I was pregnant, I didn't gain hardly any weight. It was great. Um, I probably was in my like 130s, maybe 140 when I got pregnant. Um, and I didn't gain hardly any weight. I had morning sickness really bad. And so then when it came like Christmas time and my doctor was like, it's the holidays, enjoy yourself. And by that time, like five or six months in, I quit having morning sickness. And so then when I started like really enjoying myself, I got toxemia really bad. So I swelled, um, mm. my feet swelled really bad and I gained 60 pounds while pregnant. Wow. So for somebody who was naturally athletic, when I was in high school, I ran track, cross country, played basketball, very athletic, always thin because I was very active. Um, so I could eat crap essentially. And when you're just on the go and running, 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 you're just, you, you know how it is when you're in high school, like right. everybody's skinny. Right. And so, um, as I got older and slowed down, I, you know, I didn't really work out or anything. And so when I was pregnant, I hadn't, I didn't work out. I didn't eat well. I couldn't have even told you how many calories was anything in anything I ate in a day. And so gained 60 pounds, um, after that, I was I had uh, postpartum depression really bad, and so it was to the point that I I hated and I I use that it's a strong word, but I did I hated the way I looked. Um, I I don't even really love looking back on pregnancy pictures because towards the end I'm like my face is so swollen, my nose is huge, everything was huge, um, and so like you see some of these people that are like oh they're so cute when they're pregnant. I was not that person. <laughs> I was like a monster, and so. Um, after it was, I had him in April and then I lost some of the weight naturally just because yeah. like the swelling came down and just some of it, you know, um, but I had to work to get that off. And I remember there was, um, a girl I knew from back home, she was doing like 21 day challenges online and it was, they taught you how to meal prep and eat clean. And I didn't even know what that was at the time, but I'm like, you know, seeing other people that are doing it and seeing her transformation. I was like, you know what? I can work out from home for like a few days right. a week. So that's where I started. So <clears throat> tell me a little bit about, cause I think this is something I want to dig into a little bit that mm -hmm. a lot of people deal with, um, the, the postpartum depression yeah. or just depression in general. Yep. You know, I think it's something that's overlooked a lot mm -hmm. as far as affecting your ability to really focus in on your health. Oh, yeah. People don't talk about it because it's um, not socially acceptable. Like, it's yeah. weird to say you're depressed right. or um, sometimes people even downplay it and make it like um, you almost don't want to say you're depressed because then people are like, she's blowing it up. Right. And, Looking you know. for attention yeah, exactly. or just suck it up. Yeah. Right? So, you know, how did you know? I mean, how did you say you know, I think this is what's going on. I honestly don't even think I knew at the time that that's what it was. Because again, like this was seven years ago, nobody was really talking, talking about, about yeah. that kind of stuff. Like now it's a little more um, accepted when you see people talk about like, you know, eating disorders or recovery from, you know, depression or anxiety. And, it, and that, uh, that's a lot more socially accepted now. Whereas then like I had anxiety really bad. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't have probably told you or like articulated it um, that I had that. And the postpartum depression was really bad. And it was, um, I knew after like looking back when, um, and I know I said this before, but 
I would have like friends or family want to come over to see Weston when he was a baby. And I remember dreading like when friends would want to come over, I'm like, I don't want to see anybody because I don't want them to see me. Mm-hmm. And so even though it was friends that I loved and adored, like there were only certain like my mom, I wouldn't mind for her to come over, my middle sister, but like um, my husband's parents, when he, they would want to come over, like I would go for a walk. I just didn't want to be around people right? because I was just so like miserable with me that I just didn't want to... I don't know. It's so weird. Like, yeah, and you know, so so much of that, your mental health yeah. feeds into your physical health. Oh my gosh, yes. and vice versa. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of a circular yep. thing. So, you know, it, it's that's what makes it so difficult. Mm-hmm. I think is if you, you know, if your health isn't there, it's yep. going to affect how your your body Everything. image. It's going to affect how you feel about the outside world, mm-hmm. um, your energy levels, yep. and. It's hard to go to the gym yes. when you are you don't have the energy, you don't have the motivation, mm-hmm. you may, maybe feel a little hopeless. Um, but then it's hard to break out of that without actually going, mm-hmm. getting the endorphins going, eating cleaner. Yep. You start that cycle. Mm-hmm. What made you kind of pull out of that? Was there one thing or is it just... <laughs> I'm trying to think, honestly, like what helped me the most was when I did um, start this challenge. And it was one of the like, again, this was before I knew really anything about weight training or counting macros or calories. I wasn't counting anything. It was just I was eating better and I naturally started feeling better. And because I was moving my body, I was um, eating more nutrient rich foods, uh, you know, and obviously I'm sure I'd put myself in a calorie deficit without even knowing it at the Mm -hmm. time because I was just eating cleaner, healthier foods. Um, I started losing weight. The inches were coming off. I started feeling better. And then, of course, like when you get that little bit of momentum, it just is like a snowball rolling. And so then, you know, I kept like, this feels good. I want to keep doing it because I'm seeing results. So like even the days that it sucked and I didn't want to work out, I'm like, I got to do something because I know that this is working. Like I want to keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, you know, I talk to moms all the time that are like, I'm so busy. I can't do this. And it's hard for me to meal prep and hard to get to the gym because my kids and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I get it because I've been there. But at the same time, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't take care of your family. You can't take care of everybody if mentally you're not there. Right. um, And physically you're not there. Like, it's just crazy to think about, to say, that's why they tell you on a plane to make sure that your oxygen mask is on first First, before you help children or, you know, your child because... I mean, seriously, like if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of somebody else. Outstanding. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, I know I've got kids as well. And mm-hmm. just from the male perspective, you know, there's, you feel like you're pulled in a lot of different directions. Yep. You're, you know, exhausted. You've been at work mm-hmm. all day. Uh, you haven't seen your kids. You yep. get home and, you know, you feel bad, like, you know, going yeah. to the gym yep. after work, but you have to, you have to make time for yourself. Yeah. I, and so. here's what I always tell women that struggle with that too, because I do have women that work out from home and then ones that go to the gym. But um, what I tell them is, and I think of this myself, you know, if I, when you're sitting with your child and you're there, like 
if you're scrolling through Facebook, but you're in the same room as your kid and they're on their iPad or whatever it is, like, are you really spending quality time? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, don't think of the quantity of the time that you're spending with them, but the quality. So like, you know, go get your workout done. Give yourself, I literally set a timer on my watch. I give myself an hour at the gym, even though I do it while my kid's at school. But even on the weekend, like if I work out, I literally give myself an hour and I go get it done because I know I'll feel better and I can be present when I get back. And so- Again, like it's one of those things like the quality versus quantity. You know, I would rather have that quality time with my kid than just saying like, oh, yeah, I've sat with him for four hours and right. we both were on our. <laughs> they played Fortnite and I <laughs> exactly. Facebook, right? <laughs> well, so you, you did your first 28 day challenge yep. just randomly on Facebook and had some success. Mm-hmm. So what what built after that? Um, so a couple of friends had decided they wanted to compete. Um, you know, it sounded so great at first because I was like, man, this will be awesome because, you know, you're seeing pictures of like girls that have done bikini competitions and you're like, I can look great. And like all I saw was like the end, um, like goal and like the picture at the end versus like how like grueling it was going to be to get there. But again, like I'm very competitive. So like Mm -hmm. I loved the challenge of it. Um, And so we embarked on this journey together, all following. How how long did you have to get ready for your first? Did you pick a date? Yes, we prepped. I think we actually started like January 1 and the show was in April. So it was a, what, four month, like, so 16 weeks, I would say. Mm. Um, I would say at least 12 weeks. So it was 12 to 16 weeks that we prepped for this. Um, No coach, which I do not recommend. (laughs) And we all followed this meal plan all of us, there was like five or six. And I mean, like I'm five, seven and 130 pounds. And there's girls that were like five, three and one ten, And I mean, like all different ages, all different builds. There was even a guy like the one, one girl, her husband did it. We literally all followed this wow. same meal plan. It was crazy. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. Right, right. So everybody's eating the same calories. Yes, They've doing the same cardio. Metabolic rate. Exactly. Right. Yes. Different ages. Um, but you you got yeah. through it. Yep. And uh, here's what I think is awesome. And this is like kind of sums up you for, for me. <laughs> so your first competition, you went from, hey, I'm 60 pounds heavier than I'm used to. Yeah. And, and then you enter your first bikini competition and you get second place. Second place, yep. Yeah, and you're probably pissed about that. <laughs> I know. Honestly, when I got it, I was like, holy crap, I got second. I didn't even think oh, I was shot? placed. Oh, that's awesome. And so I was like super excited, really. And then that gave me the bug to like want to yeah. do more. And so from that point, um, I had really, and this was like in 2014 or 2015. So like Instagram was still like, it wasn't like all the, the rage. Thing. It was still like fairly new. Mm-hmm. And I, my Instagram was private then. And like, I would just get on there and like stalk not stalk people, but, you know, just kind of like follow people and look at their stuff. And that's where I started um, getting introduced to flexible dieting because I would see these girls that had dieted for shows and they looked freaking amazing and they were showing what they were eating. And I'm like, how the hell are they doing that? How are you eating donuts? Exactly. And And so, and some of them like pop tarts for their pre-workout meal. And I'm like, I got to figure this shit out. Yeah. So I saw some of them like tagging a coach that they had used. And so I reached out to this, um, this woman in Columbus, and that was my first online coach. So first time I'd ever been experienced to um, online training, um, macros, checking in like via email and all this right. stuff. So like whole new world opened to me, um, which is now like exactly right. <laughs> what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think it's important to, for, for me, when I'm looking at um, 
people who are trying to get in shape, the mm-hmm. psychological aspect is so key. And mm-hmm. you do a really great job with that, with the accountability. Yep. Um, but, you know, even just picking a goal, yeah. like a specific time, you do the 28-day challenge, yep. you do a 30-day challenge. Okay. We have an actual time here. Mm-hmm. We've got a goal. I'm sure you set a goal at the yep. end where we want to be. We're working towards a show. Um, to me, when I was doing Strongman, that was always yeah. a big thing for me. So I know I've got a show uh, competition on this date. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's my goal for that competition. And I'm working towards that. Yep. It's so important. I mean, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. So I can walk you through essentially like um, when I have clients that want to work with me one on one, we they have to schedule a phone consult with me and you can't just go to my website and like sign up to work with me one on one. Like you have to get on the phone with me. One that lets me know that you're serious. Uh, Two, we talk through things like periodizing your nutrition. So if you have somebody that needs to lose 30 or 50 pounds, like you don't want that woman to be in a calorie deficit. She's probably been on and off yo-yo dieting because that's what women do. Um, She's probably been in a calorie deficit for the majority of her life. And so really what I walk them through is like periodizing your nutrition. So like for this long, we're going to be in a calorie deficit. We might have to add in refeed days or diet breaks, and then we need to either sit at maintenance for a while or reverse diet. And so like really being able to give them a timeline in terms of like, ideally it would take this long to get to your goal. You know, with women that have more weight to lose, obviously, like we're talking about an extended period of time. But you're still picking goals benchmarks along the way. Yes, and I do that so that we're not literally dieting for forever. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you started into... Tell me about from transitioning to get second in the bikini mm-hmm. competition. You started working with the coach. Yep. You did, what, an, another bikini? I think I've done five or six total. So I did. I started working with a coach, and I did, um, and this was NGA. So there's, t- like, different federations. There's MPC and NGA. And um, so I did another NGA show when I started working with um, – a coach and I placed third in my next one, which it sounds crazy because I looked way better. But again, like when you're, you know, the, it's on the competition. And, yeah. Right. And it was getting more, um, mainstream. So like people were, you know, it was a thing now. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, I want to be in a competition. And so like it had kind of picked up, like there were more people in right. it. And so, um, I ended up doing an NPC show, I believe, I probably did three total NGA shows, I think. So I did NGA meaning? um, It's natural. So like it's natural. You can't be in those and be on steroids. Basically, it's drug tested. So that's the difference in between NPC and NGA. There are some NPC shows that are natural, and those are the ones that I would enter because obviously like you can look at me and tell I'm (laughs) I'm not on steroids. Right. (laughs) And so – the last NGA show I did, I actually got my pro card. And so I am technically a pro bikini competitor in NGA, which, again, is a smaller – and I'm not trying to, like, dumb it down or make it sound less right. than, but it is smaller than NPC. So I did do some um, NPC shows after that. And I think um, the last one that I did, I actually um, – place third or fourth but I and those are much larger shows like there's a lot more girls in those um but again like my age like the last show that I did I think I was 33 or 34 I got appendicitis when I was four weeks out oh my gosh I know and I had surgery and I still competed (laughs) (laughs) so if that tells you anything we're talking about exactly right I love it so yeah I just don't give up on stuff um but yeah so competing um definitely taught me a lot 
in terms of like it there's so many good and bad things I could say about it. But for me, um, I choose to like stick with the good parts of it because like that's what taught me about macros. And that's essentially right. what got me to like run my own business yeah. this way. And um, but yeah, there's I do believe that it leads to like a lot of disordered eating yeah. and um, some unhealthy behavior. Oh, yeah. Probably, like I, for sure. Yeah. Like there was stuff that I like um, binge eating and things that I dealt with after I competed mm-hmm. for a while. Um, so, yeah, it definitely screwed you up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see that. And anytime you're competing at a level like that. And you're even if you're following flexible dieting, you're still you're still restricting because you're having to go so low calorie mm-hmm. to get so lean for those. Mm-hmm. That even even like holding water and yeah watch, yeah, yeah it's just, the, it's crazy yeah people measure out how much water mm-hmm. and when they drink it and yep. yeah um, but you know I, I think doing that kind of stuff you learn yes. how your body how oh, the yeah. human body reacts to to certain mm-hmm. things I'm sure but what made you dip your toe into doing this for a living um, so. Going back to like the original doing the challenges and stuff, um, I kind of still did that at like on the side. She basically the girl that did this asked me if I would like come on board and like help her do this, yeah. like run challenges with her. And I'm like, oh my god, that would be awesome! And so because I loved it, and so like I would just you know make the workouts, like tape myself doing them from home, and like yeah. that would you know be in our little Facebook groups and stuff. Um, and Honestly, like macros back then, like in 2014, 2015, people didn't really know what the hell it was. (laughs) And so um, whenever it started like catching on and again, people seeing me like what I ate and that's essentially like how I grew my Instagram was just posting recipes um, and things that I was eating. And so people would ask that we're doing these challenges. They were like, well, how do we figure out like what you're doing? Like, how do we eat the food that you eat? And so it just kind of grew from there. And I would have people ask like, do you do coaching? And then I'm like, Maybe I could do coaching in that. And so um, I did that on the side while managing a bank Mm -hmm. because, and it wasn't because I needed the money. It was just because I truly enjoyed it. Right. And so I did that on the side with her. Um, (laughs) We didn't even really have a business at first. Yeah. Like it was just, we split money through PayPal. It was very janky. Like it wasn't (laughs) a real thing. Yeah. Then we formed an LLC and like actually made a business, but I was still working at the bank. Um, And... We started like doing decent, not, I shouldn't say decent money, but like it was more than what it was. And then I was doing decent money, like people coming to me for macros. And I'm like, I just need to like throw up a website for this. And so threw up a website. And when I started generating some income, like, man, people are really like, you know. Interested and yeah. Her and I kind of had a, like going our separate way. She never counted macros, didn't even know how to explain what it was, and it yeah. wasn't her thing. Well, different philosophies. Yeah, yeah. It, totally different philosophies. So we kind of grew apart and decided to split ways. And when we did, I just kind of doubled down on what I was doing because I had by then built up like a really large clientele of one-on-one clients, but I was charging like pennies because I didn't know I could right. <laughs> charge more. Yeah. And so um, – Doing this on the side while working at the bank. So literally my night, my lunch breaks, my nights and weekends were all like stuff for my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, as you 
do this and you you realize how much you're enjoying that and when you have the other thing to compare it to now and you're yeah. like oh my real job mm-hmm. um just loses its luster after a while you're yeah. like shit i gotta it's monday and i get to wake up and go do this right. and then you know managing a bank if somebody calls in or you have to be a teller all day and you don't get a lunch break or you miss your kid's basketball game on saturday because somebody can't come in and it right. just got to the point where um i finally asked myself like how long do I want to keep doing this? Is this, you know, is this what life is? Like, is this yeah. what I'm going to do forever? And um, my husband just, he, he's very supportive. And I will say that, like, God love him because some, <laughs> some people's spouses would be like, bitch, you've lost your mind. <laughs> and so gonna, he, it, yeah. <laughs> he, um, he knew how miserable I was. Right. And, and let me just say that um, I was the breadwinner for a long time. So like mm-hmm. when I decided to do this, it wasn't like, he made millions, and I was just like, I don't have to work. I can right. just do this fun thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was a and you very— had a, you had a real job. Yes. A, a well-paying— <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. You know, good salary. Good salary. Good bonus. Um, you know, and for some people, I was an assistant vice president. That sounds all great. And I got to wear yeah. a suit every day. And um, so it sounds all cushy and great. And it was. Like, again, right. like, there is nothing that I would take back about the experience. Like, it taught me tons that I still use in my business today. Um, but I just got to the point where I was like, man, I just, this can't be all life is. And Mm -hmm. so I finally had just gotten so miserable with it that my husband's like, you know, just give your, just give your notice. And so I did. Um, and I actually took like a, a part-time job working from home. Um, and essentially I was going to be like a customer service rep. And I thought if I have that little bit of income to Mm -hmm. supplement, like the difference in my business, like I can make, you know, my husband at the time, he, I think he was like, if you can make 40 or 50, we'll be fine. Like, don't try to kill yourself. Like we can live. And so I'd ask myself essentially, like, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to lose our house. Nobody's going to die. Yeah. Um. And so come to find out though, this customer service job, the phone never stops ringing. <laughs> and so I had no time to work on my business. Yeah. And I was like, this, this just is not going to work. So literally, I think I did that for like maybe 12 days. Like it was no time, not yeah. even two weeks. And I clocked out for lunch one day and I just didn't clock back in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and my husband comes home and I was like, hey, Daniel, I didn't clock back in from lunch today. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, <laughs> I think I quit. I don't know. Like I just didn't clock back in. And so from there, he was like, just go for it, just man. Go. Just do it. That's and, awesome. Yeah. I love those stories because, you know, there's so many people who are doing things that they are not passionate about. Mm-hmm. They hate their life. Yep. I mean, how much time do you spend at work every day? Oh, my God. And how many places do you go in and you're the consumer and you're like, that person hates their job. Right. <laughs> yeah. So and just having the courage to say, OK. Yeah. And there's so many people who come up with excuses mm-hmm. about, you know, well, I can't walk away from this. It's yeah. too too good to pay. Oh, yeah. You had that excuse. You yeah. didn't take it. Yep. Um, you know, the benefits, or I've mm-hmm. got kids, mm-hmm. or I'm the main breadwinner. Yeah. And um, it's it's easy to sit there and say, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you should do that. But when you're actually pulling the trigger and you've oh, yeah. got a mortgage, you know, it's— um, It's scary. It's scary, I'm sure. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like people when try I first... to talk you out of it? Um, I honestly, let me just tell you, I didn't tell any of my family for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I did not tell my husband's parents, um, for probably a good month and I didn't tell my mom right away. My oldest sister didn't find out till like, I don't know, 
at least a month or so in. Now, my middle sister, I told her immediately because I yeah. knew she was like, she would support. I could tell her that I was like going to live on the side of the road and, you know, yeah. sell dog crap. And she'd be like, go, <laughs> go for, for it. it. Yeah. You can do it, you know. Um, but yeah, so I didn't tell really anybody right away mm-hmm. um, because honestly, I, I feared the judgment of people being like, okay, yeah. you're going to do what online? Right. And like, that's not even a th- like, what? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, I just kind of went for it in silence. (laughs) I love it though. I mean, and you know, I think it's, it's super inspirational for a lot of people. And I'm, um, you know, we're living in, we talked about this, Mm -hmm. a really cool time, I think where, you know, there's so many opportunities open Mm -hmm. to people with, you know, online, um, with Instagram Mm -hmm. opportunities and, and YouTube. And, you know, I can start a business from my house. Yes. And I think that, um, you know, more people need to just kind of, if you're passionate about something, just go for it. Yep. I mean, you can literally, it's crazy just following your, and I don't want to say following your dream, but like your passion, like something you're passionate about. If it's all you can think about, like, I mean, I encourage anybody to go for it. You can make money doing nearly anything. Yeah. It's crazy. And I love your attitude to say, look, okay, how much do I really need to make Mm -hmm. in order to make this work? And some people may not be in that financial um, place right now, but what can you do to get there and, you know, work towards that goal? And, um, you know, saying, okay, look, what's the worst that can happen? I go back to my job. Yeah. I mean, literally, what's the, I mean, you have to go back and find another nine to five and maybe you're not an assistant vice president right away or maybe you have to go back as a banker. I mean, I thought of all these things and like, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like it took me a long time. Like I probably thought about doing this and complained about doing it for a good year Mm -hmm. before I actually like did it. And so, I mean, it had like, and that's the thing is like my business wasn't generating enough where I was like, I can easily quit. Like, I mean, I was probably making, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 grand like on the side. Mm -hmm. And again, like on the side, that's great. Like as a, Mm -hmm. you know, we can vacation on this money kind of thing um, and pay off debt or whatever. But that was the smart thing that I did was the money that I was making on the side. I paid off everything I could think of. And so when it came time to like be able to jump, I was like, okay, we don't really have Mm -hmm. debt, um, you know, other than our house, obviously, and a car payment. And so I was like, man, it's, you know, we, we sat down and rationalized it. And mm-hmm. again, and that's when it was just like the, yeah. wor- the worst case scenario is going to be that I have to go back and find a job. Yeah, that's awesome. And fast forward to now, yeah. huge success. Mm-hmm. You've got, what, 35,000 Instagram followers? Close to, yeah. Um, huge client list. Yeah. Um, and, you know, really working as much as you want to work. Mm-hmm. You could probably scale it up or scale it down yep. as you want. Yep. Um. And how's your income level compared to what it was? <laughs> it's crazy you don't because think give I me a number, but I know people probably be like, "She is lying," but no, um, I don't give year, me a number. Okay, but I, just compared to where you were, I have um, tripled my income from the bank. I love it. Yeah, that's that's amazing, yep. and enjoying what you're doing. Yes, and I work um, essentially three to four days a week. Um, and again, you know, there's weeks that I might have to work like five or six and late nights and things like that. But on average, you know, three to four days a week, yeah. I get to walk my son to school, pick him up from school every day. I don't miss games and book fairs and all the fun stuff that, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I, I think that's awesome. And um, one of the reasons why I wanted you on to talk about um, how you built your business mm-hmm. and, and and what you did. 
and um, super impressed with with what you've done. Thank you. But the other big reason was I want to talk about kind of the meat and potatoes. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> of, of what, what I do. you do, <laughs> because so many people are out there and they've heard keto and mm. they've heard low carb and they've heard just count calories yep. and they've heard you know they've got Jenny Craig doing oh, this yeah. thing and me, you know Weight Watchers and and mm-hmm. and you have no idea what to eat yeah you know when I was growing up the food pyramid said eat all the pasta and bread <laughs> first <laughs> that's so true <laughs> I know that's and now so true. and like the meat you know and lean protein was like towards the t- you yeah. know, top and you're like and I've inverted it oh I know and um and then you hear people, I mean, there's so many things you hear like, yep. oh, well, it depends on your body type mm-hmm. or it depends on this and that. And I'm somewhat in your camp on, um, you know, on the macronutrient mm-hmm. thing. So explain to people, and I've seen it work, by the yeah. way, and you're living proof. Yeah. But exp- explain to people what are, when we say macros, mm-hmm. what are macros, yep. macronutrients, what are you looking at? So it's protein, fat, and carbs, um, and you literally have a goal for each of those. And that, so if you're looking at it like calories is your the umbrella, and then below that, if people could see me doing my little yeah. <laughs> umbrella, um, and then below that is your protein, fat, and carbs, and those grams are worth. So protein and carbs essentially are four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram. So all of those added up will equal your calorie total. So essentially, if you're hitting your, you know, goals for each of those things each day, you're going to hit your calories as well. Right. These these are the nutrients that make up calories, essentially. Yes. Yep. And um, so when you when you configure macros for mm-hmm. somebody, um, what are you looking at as far as percentage-wise? Yeah. Uh, so essentially, when I work with somebody one-on-one or I'm setting macros for anybody – I have a questionnaire that they go through, and one of the main questions in there, other than like the, you know, how sedentary are you, um, like what does your workouts look like, things like that, how old are you, all that stuff, Um, I ask food preference because even if it's somebody who is really, really overweight and um, you would want them to... I don't want to say be on low carb, but you'd want them to use more fat storage as energy versus like glycogen from carbs. So like you might put them at a lower carb split mm-hmm. um, for somebody like that. If they say, you know, it's hard for me to eat higher fats, like I prefer carbs. Mm-hmm. If you put them on a low carb diet, what are the chances they're going to adhere to it? it. Yeah. And so preference is like really high in what I, you know, mm-hmm. look at. Um, I also look at their activity level. So if it's somebody who's very sedentary mm-hmm. at their job and they don't really work out a lot, mm-hmm. um, their carb split might be, again, on the lower end, we might have fat higher whereas if it's somebody who trains a lot or mm-hmm. they're a construction worker or you know whatever that looks like their carbs might be higher yeah um and so again you know it too it really is if the person is um doing this for performance or if they're doing it for physique so like mm-hmm. there's so many things to take into account the majority of the clients i work with are it's you know there, it's a physique goal versus yeah. like, you know, performing in the gym or whatever. Um, but so, you know, again, I, I look at everything in terms mm-hmm. of how I'm setting it, but really it's what they can adhere to. And so even if I set them at um, something that I, you know, think they would need to be at and they're 
like checking in and they're not even close to hitting those grams and they're struggling there. Even if with protein, um, you know, I would want it to be a little bit higher and they're having a hard time. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, you got to figure out how to get there. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to adjust, you know, their other macros, maybe keep their calories the same because they're in a deficit Mm -hmm. um, so that it's something they can adhere to. Because essentially you, you don't want somebody to have a plan that even after they're done working with you in 12 weeks, they're like, okay, I'm done with that. Like, I got to move on, you know, and then... So what do you say to somebody who says, okay, well, what's it matter where my calories come from? If I hit the calorie number, mm-hmm. you know, what's the difference? Yeah. So that's the uh, biggest difference that I explain to people. So when we're talking about fat loss and weight loss. Yeah. So if we're talking about weight loss, we're literally talking about uh, muscle, tissue, water, Fat, like all of that is weight. So that literally your body, you know, when you're losing weight, you're losing all of those things. So if you're counting calories and you're losing weight, weight, you could be losing muscle Muscle, and tissue and things that you don't want to. Whereas when you're counting macros um, and you're like really specifically looking at those nutrients and you're especially protein. Mm -hmm. So with adequate, you know, higher protein, that's what builds muscle and that's what uh, sustains muscle. So if you're keeping your protein higher, you're less likely to be burning muscle and losing muscle as mm-hmm. you're losing weight. weight. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned glycogen mm-hmm. and you miss it. You mentioned fat stores and mm-hmm. pulling, you know, burning those too. And, you know, I have a little bit of experience with this just in weight training. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't understand when you walk into the gym what your body burns first mm-hmm. and your glycogen mm-hmm. and you need to deplete that before you're ever going to start fat burning. Right. But if you don't do it right way, then you're going to start burning muscle. Yep. And, you know, while I understand a little bit of that and maybe some people listening may understand a little bit of that, but I bet a lot of people don't. How do you, how do you get that? Is there a timing issue involved and in when you eat? Um, is it purely just the macros that help? help you switch to fat burning? Yeah. So nutrient timing for, um, now if it was a physique athlete or you have somebody that's competing, I would highly like suggest meal timing. Um, not necessarily meal frequency unless digestion was an issue. Obviously, like if you're eating three really large meals and you're having a hard time digesting that much protein between three meals, like you might yeah. need to spread it out to did four. I do, did I explain the glycogen thing right? Yeah. Bonus points. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> um, so for meal timing necessarily, like if it's just the the clients that I work with, like the average, yeah. you know, woman wanting to lose some weight, meal timing isn't really um, that important for fat loss. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is make sure that you have eaten an adequate meal before you train so that you're not, you know, low you energy and dead. You put good effort into Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there are some people that work out fasted that they do better that way. I'm yeah. not one of those. Um, I can do it. It depends on the type of workout I'm yeah. doing. So if I'm doing like a high intensity workout yep. and I work out fasted, my blood sugar will start to drop. Yep. I'll get queasy. Yep. I'm kind of shaky. And, yes. Um, and I don't, I don't have the same level of yep. effort I can put in. Uh, if I'm doing a... You know, I can do some light fasted cardio, no problem. Though. Same here. Yeah. Yep. And um, so, you know, with the the meal timing, like, honestly, I do recommend that, say they eat like an hour or two pre-training, they might not need their post-workout meal. Like, everybody talks about that 
that window of like 30 minutes to an hour, you're going to lose your gains. And yeah. honestly, like, no, that's not really true. Like you're, you're literally still, if you ate an hour or two before training, like you could probably go two to three to four hours after right. training before having to eat again. And so, you know, I do encourage them, obviously, like if they worked out fasted to eat, mm-hmm. not immediately, but you know, pretty, pretty immediate after, after yeah. their training. Um, and I do recommend, you know, when ones that are like, you know, what should I eat? What should I eat? I do recommend, you know, adequate protein and carbs and try to keep fat a little bit lower just because it is slower digesting. Mm-hmm. So like I'll keep fat more minimal in my pre and post-workout meals um, just because those nutrients, you want them to get shuttled to your muscles and, you know, for recovery and more, be more readily available quicker mm-hmm. um, than if you mix like fat in there a lot of fat with it that's going to make them digest more slowly Mm -hmm. yeah and you know the thing that i like is there's so many different types of goals for Mm -hmm. your clients so you know we talked about what we just said may have people like oh my god i know like daunting to them saying i can never do this yep and you know your goal may not be to to win a physique competition or to be a bodybuilder your goal may be you know i want to look better in a bikini or whatever. I Mm -hmm. want to be able to go to the pool and not, and not feel confident. Yeah. And for me personally, like I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Right. And that's not my goal. I mean, I can put on muscle, you know, if I could, I can crank up my protein and I can, you know, get my BCAAs and crush my protein and put on a lot of muscle, but that's not what I want to do. I want to be able to swing a golf club. Yep. I, I don't want to be, I want people, I don't want people to remark at like, Look how big that dude is. So um, I just want people to be like, oh, he's in good shape. Exactly. Right? And I think that that's majority of people. Yep. But I do like how you can tweak that and say, yes. okay, we can get we can get in the weeds if you want to get in the oh, weeds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I don't want people listening to be um, discouraged to say I don't yeah. know that. Yeah. Like 95% of the people don't have to get in the weeds. Yeah. Like you can literally get to a body that you want. Um, and not have to worry about nutrient timing and and all of the things. Like, yeah. I mean, there's so much out there in terms of like fancy lingo and, and mm-hmm. fad diets and all these things that people get so lost in like, I mean, you could Google right now and right. be overwhelmed with the information that comes up. You're just like, shit, I have no yeah. idea where to start. <laughs> but I think that's what a lot of people do. And, it is. Um, and there's so many there's so much bro science. Mm-hmm. There's so much uh, contradictory yep. things. There's a lot of things that work yep. um, for just for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them work because, hey, so many people are used to eating whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. And then when you put them on a more restrictive diet, well, their calorie intake goes down. Absolutely. And so you're going to lose weight. Yep. If you're eating you know, a Whopper meal at Burger King and now I'm not eating French fries. Yeah. Exactly. Like you've deducted something or yeah. say you always ate a Whopper and now you're like, you know what? I'm going to ditch the bun. That right there is like three, 400 calories right. maybe. And so it's like, if you're doing that every day, like you've created a caloric deficit, whether right. you realize it or not. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing with the low carb stuff yeah. is, you know, you, you mentioned chicken, 120 mm-hmm. calories for a chicken yeah. breast and broccoli is like five calories, <laughs> 15 calories. Right. Yeah. And so if you're eating broccoli and mm-hmm. chicken, you can't eat as much as you want. Stuff yourself, right? And you're not going to get the calories that you're going to get in cheeseburger and fries. Yeah, you just can't physically yep. eat that. Yep. Um. So, you know, it it does I think work for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But what I like about the macro 
part is you're getting a balanced diet. Yes. Really. You're getting the building blocks Mm -hmm. to where you're setting yourself up to be to really have the physique you want, yep. you you actually have muscle. You've seen the skinny fat people. Oh yes, I was and, I was that person when I first started out. I was the skinny fat. Right, yeah. and and it's just like, uh, you know, um, but if you're if you're doing that, um, you're able to maintain muscle, mm-hmm. build muscle, and and you can tell people they just look healthier. Oh yes, in general, if you're getting a balanced diet, and I mm-hmm. think it's also something that's sustainable. Yes, that is like literally if I had to name off like the top reasons that I choose flexible dieting, like the fact that it's sustainable is one. Um, And I tell people this too, like counting macros. And I think a lot of people have the misconception that I have to track my food for the rest of my life till I die. And that's not it. Counting macros essentially should teach you the fundamentals of nutrition. You learn what an adequate serving size looks like. You learn portion control. You learn how to eat out and know that that's a balanced meal. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, you could look at a piece of chicken and know that it's over four ounces and you're able to eyeball things easier. So, right. um, again, like it's you're learning all this and knowing all this. And later, if you want to transition into like intuitive eating, you can't necessarily start intuitive eating if you've never really counted like yeah. macros and really know like the fundamentals of nutrition are with that, like in my opinion. Um, And so people that, you know, want to intuitive eat, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be successful with it because the the reason that (laughs) the majority of the reason people are overweight is because they've been intuitively eating. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, it's, again, I don't know, I could rant on that forever, but the sustainability of it, just the, what it teaches you in terms of. Yeah. People don't know what's in their food. No. And. When you start looking, especially if you go to a restaurant mm-hmm. and you're like, holy, this is 3,000 calories, yes. this meal. Yep. It's incredible and really eye-opening. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, no wonder everybody's... I mean, how many people do you hear? This is literally the 95% of the women that come to me will say... Um, I feel like I work so hard to not look better than I do. Yeah. And I am perfect on, you know, through the week. And then like I'll have a cheat meal or whatever on the weekend. And when we really sit down and look at how they're eating, they're eating in a deficit through the week, but their weekends are so horrendous. And you don't realize when you're having the loaded fries and then your burger and whatever else. And then a few beers or whatever. And you do that maybe Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. You've literally consumed enough calories those two days. Your weekly average is no longer in a deficit. Yeah. You're at maintenance or maybe higher. And so that's why, like, through the week when you're like, I'm down a pound, and then the weekend comes, and then you're back up two or three, and you keep mm-hmm. losing that same two or three pounds because you just keep – it's that vicious cycle that you mm-hmm. literally, you know, Or what I'll do is, overeat. like, what I'll do is, like, on the weekend, I'm like, oh, I'll have – I went out for pizza or whatever. I, went, I, I ate pizza. Well, oh, I messed up. I might as well go ahead and have – yes whatever and Mm -hmm. you just keep going you're like i'll get back on it monday and you don't have to compound your errors no you know that's the worst what i always tell people there is it's not the the first slip up that that messes you up so like one bad meal is not going to make you gain a bunch of weight just like one good meal is not going to make you super skinny Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so i always say don't follow a bad meal with another bad meal because it's it's not the first one it's the 
you know, rolling yeah. ongoing after the first one because you're yeah. like, well, I already ate bad, so I'm going to have dessert. And then the next day you're like, ah, yesterday was a shit show. I'm just going to start over today. And yeah. <laughs> we can't start on a Sunday. We exactly. start on Monday. Yeah. And that's exactly that yeah. mentality of, well, I'll just start over on Monday. Yeah. And you do the same thing when the next weekend comes. <laughs> yeah, no. And yeah, it's tough. And that's one of the things I want to talk to you about is um, discipline mm-hmm. and willpower. And I used to think it's like some people have it, some people don't. And I, I really think it's a learned, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a skill that you sharpen. Yep. Um, and like, it's clear that you have that. Um, what can you tell somebody who's just like, look, I just keep messing up. Is it a, is it a willpower issue or is it, I haven't defined my goal or I haven't really bought into my mm. goal. I think it's more of the second one. So having a strong why behind why you're wanting to lose weight in the first mm. place. So when somebody says, I want to have abs or, you know, whatever, and I'm like, yeah. but really, why? Yeah. And you start digging, and then you find out maybe like, and this this is like, nobody's ever told me this, but I'm just going, you know, mm-hmm. maybe their boyfriend cheated on them, and they didn't feel adequate, and, you know, and it all comes down to like a self-esteem thing. And so when you really get to the root of it, you're like, okay, that's your why? Like, that's what's making you wake up and go every day. Yeah. For example, my oldest sister, she has struggled with her weight the majority of her adulthood. And she loves, loves concerts, live music, concerts of all kinds, like goes to like a ridiculous amount. She had a hard time fitting in a seat comfortably Mm -hmm. for a long time. And so her goal in her weight loss journey was to fit in a concert, like fit in a seat more comfortably. So for her to, you know, each day that she's deciding to show up at the, you know, she works out from home. So to show up in her upstairs to work Mm -hmm. out and to eat good and and she does Weight Watchers. So to counter points and do all this stuff. You know, what's driving that for her is to be able to, to yeah, fit get her on macros. She <laughs> Weight Watchers? We tried that, uh, and <laughs> she was just a little too neurotic for it. Like, she just, it didn't. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's fine for some yeah. people. But I'm like, Weight Watchers is, an, is another thing where it's it's the same principle. They, they kind of backwards work into that, right? Yes. Yeah. They, and tri- so it's they the, trick you. Yeah. <laughs> But really, that's it's what you're It's the same counting. idea, yeah. um, and you're not restricting anything. So, like, I, I'm all about Weight Watchers. I think it's great. Yeah. And it's worked great for her. She's down 63 pounds. And that, that's but that's great. the yeah. thing is, like, for her, it was, I want to fit in a concert chair more comfortably. And so mm-hmm. that's literally what drives her to go every day, the days that she's just like, oh, I don't feel like working out. Yeah. She knows she needs to. And yeah. so it's when you form, um, when you have a strong enough why. And you have to just put in the reps, whether it's the meal prepping or going to the gym. Like, for example, yesterday, I did not want to go to the gym Mm -hmm. because it was not my normal time. And I was just like, "Eh, I'm tired. I don't want to be here. I went and I did a 30 minute workout. And I am not one of those people where I'll say team, no days off and no rest. And but I do believe in showing up for yourself and getting the reps in. So like when you're first starting out, it might be that you, you know, it's that honeymoon phase where you're like, I'm so excited about yep. this. I'm going to the gym every day for the first like three or four days. And then you Rocky get music's sore. playing in your head. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it, then you get sore and then the weekend comes and maybe your, you know, friends are like, let's go it's to happy convenient. hour. Yeah. Exactly. And so then you want to like revert back into that stuff. That's, I always remind people, I'm like, just get the reps in. So even if it's going to the gym and you literally are there 10 minutes and get on the treadmill and walk, like you showed up for yourself, you got a check mark. And so it's getting the reps in Mm -hmm. of showing up for yourself. 
I mean, yeah. I th- I think it's as simple as having that strong why, and then you, you just have I'll, to get the reps. Having in. a coach that's oh yeah following up with you is yes. huge. Um, I'll always advocate that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not working out with a trainer right now, but when I uh, off and on, I'll I'll pick one up, and when I do, you know, I w- you can't skip any yeah. days when your trainer's there waiting for yes. you, or if your coach is checking in to see did you do it. When you have skin in the game, yeah. the, I mean, when you pay for something, yeah. I agree. I think um, that makes people, the accountability piece, like, that really comes in. Like, when you're doing something for free, like, yeah, I mean, it. you might do it the first few days. But, like, how many times have you bought something that was super cheap and you're like, meh, I used it a couple of times. It was right. cheap. It's no okay. You know, Cheap sunglasses. You're like, I left those. They can at, fall in the lake. No big deal. I'm back. You know. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think you got to be really honest with yourself mm-hmm. as to what your goal is. This yep. is my, and just if you don't agree, but. Let me know. But, you know, I can say, oh, I want a six pack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want a six pack. Sure. But do I really want a six pack? Like, I don't want to put in the effort to have have, uh, seven, eight percent body fat for what it takes for a guy to to really have a six pack. Yep. Um, I just want to, you know, I I want to be in in good shape. Yeah. I don't I don't need to be at six percent body fat. Right. And that may be somebody else's goal. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but I, I was listening to a podcast the other day and there was a guy that said, yeah, I thought I wanted to be a comedian until I saw someone who really wanted to be a comedian. Exactly. And meaning like the amount of hours that, yes. they, that they put in and working, um, all these shows for no pay and all this stuff mm-hmm. and what it actually takes to get to that place. Yes. And, um, you can be in good shape without killing yourself. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with the, your expectations have to match like the reality, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if... I mean, you, you can't expect to have abs and yeah. eat great through the week and then eat like shit on the weekend. Yeah. Or, but I don't you think know. that's most people. Most people really don't care about no, that, right? No, yeah. no. So we talked about um, about macros and mm-hmm. calories. And there's a saying that says uh, abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much true. <laughs> I mean, like you need to go to the gym. Yep. Um, I think the biggest thing is it gives you motivation to eat better. Mm-hmm. But talk about the balance of importance between eating right and going to the gym. Are you in the same camp as I am on that? I am. um, But I still think it's like you can't – it's not 80% nutrition, 20% gym. Like it's 100% both. Like you got to have both to – especially for something like that. Like when people are saying abs are made in the kitchen, like – you have to work out yeah. because if you don't have any muscle mass under, you know, when you're eating well and you're losing that fat, mm. you're just going to be skinny at the end and you're not going to have well-defined anything because there's you've not trained any muscle there. Mm. Um, but nutrition is by far the most, I don't even want to say overlooked, but essentially overlooked component to that because yeah. people will you think. You can't outwork, outwork a bad yes, diet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. People think like, I'm going to the gym and... Yes, while going to the gym is a bajillion, like I will preach that forever, like go to the gym, work out, weight train, mm-hmm. um, 100% important. But at the same time, like when you look at the calories burned in weight training, we're talking like two to 300 calories, like going weight training is not designed to burn a bunch of calories. So it's designed to increase muscle mass um, and it'll raise your BMR so mm-hmm. you can eat more food and you're burning more calories at rest, but it's mm-hmm. not designed to like burn a bunch of calories. So people that go to the gym and work out for 45 minutes to an hour and they burn two to 300 calories. And then they think like, I can go 
eat whatever, and then they have like two or three donuts, you've literally like already <laughs> more so you, you more than offset it. Yeah, 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 and that happens a lot where you're like, oh, um, now I'm really hungry, so then yep. you go and overdo it. Yep. Um, so what's your gym philosophy? And and I will say just to back up, mm-hmm. um, I think that gym gym is important. Yep. Big time, just for a lot of reasons other than weight loss. Oh yeah. You know, health related. Um, cardiovascular, mm-hmm. even neurological stuff. Yep. Um, we talked a little bit the other day about what the gym, what intense exercise does mm-hmm. for um, uh, Alzheimer's, re- reduction of Alzheimer's risk, yep. um, general just all-cause mortality and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah, I'm a huge advocate, and you just feel better, the endorphins that, that you release yes. and, and that kind of stuff. And I think, for me, that is important an important catalyst to like rolling through to other parts of your life. Yeah. 100%. If you can just get moving, if you can go out and walk, do it. If you can go out and run, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is to get moving, um, to break you out of what if you're in a rut, whatever yep. rut that may be. So um but when you're in the gym, you know, what do you recommend for people, for your clients mostly, um, when they walk in? Because there's so many people who walk in and it can be intimidating mm-hmm. when you see people who are in really good shape. Oh, yeah. You see a lot of machines that you're like, I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, am I supposed to do chest and tries <laughs> today or do I do biceps? What am, uh, what exercises do I do? Am I supposed to? And it's the same thing with eating where mm-hmm. you hear all sorts of stuff. People are like, well, don't get on a treadmill and run for an hour. And some people are like, run as much as you can. I know. <laughs> And some people are like, you need to do HIIT training. And some people are like, you only need to lift weights. Yep. So what's your philosophy? So, again, like that, it comes down to the person's um, goals, really. But essentially, I recommend having a coach to help you set a plan, especially if you have no idea where to begin. But what I will say is you can Google tons of free workouts. Yeah. But my philosophy, like the way I train and the way I teach my clients. Um, We work through progressive overload. So their workouts are designed for weekly progression. So you see, I mean, you can get on Instagram and go to somebody's page and they literally post like, here's my daily workout. And it's Mm -hmm. different every day. And I'm like, there is no way that you're progressing in anything that you're doing if you're doing a a new workout every day. And so for my clients and the way I train, my workout will stay the same for four weeks, sometimes six, just depends, but usually about four weeks. Um, That way we can work towards weekly progressions, whether that's you're lifting um, higher reps the next week or you're Mm -hmm. able to add a little bit more weight. Maybe you shorten your rest time. Yeah. But you're progressing, and we're able to see that because we're tracking that. Yeah, I think that's huge. When it, I'm in the gym, it is. if I'm if I don't have benchmarks, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what you're what you're yeah. accomplishing. Yep, and it's hard to stay motivated. For exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And that's what I liked about. That's I like to lift heavy for that reason. Mm-hmm. You can see, okay, here this was my PR last month. Now my PR is here. And um, you can not only see the results in the mirror, you can see you know, have gotten stronger. And that. I mean, you and this is going to sound insane, but it's so true. Like there are people that will go to the gym and they'll lift the same eight pounds or five pounds yeah. for lateral raises every time they do that workout forever. Mm-hmm. And they never push harder, higher weight in mm-hmm. fear of being bulky or whatever it is. Yeah. They just don't. Um, and so the thing is, is the body needs stimulus change Mm -hmm. to change so like the body needs that stimulus 
to be able to change. So if you're not putting any kind of added pressure, higher weight, anything like that, like you're mm. you're not going to change. Like you're essentially going to look the exact same. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to add any more muscle, right. you know, when you get to a, a certain point. Like it's mm. just, it is what it is. And I mean, it sucks, but yeah. Um, so yeah, the uh, progressive overload's huge. I don't, I'm not an advocate of like tons of cardio. I think, it, you know, getting 10,000 steps a day is amazing. And I did a post on that recently and, Mm -hmm. um, it just, some of the comments on it blew my mind that people, um, you know, talking about like why that's the magic mark to Mm -hmm. hit and, and, um, people just didn't have any idea like why that, you know, these fitness trackers are like 10,000 steps is what you need to, you know. Um, so what is the, what's the magic number behind that? So 10,000 steps essentially for the average person is supposed to burn roughly 500 calories a day, which over, you know, seven days is 3,500 in a week, which is the equivalent of a pound. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, their whole idea is if you're walking 10,000 steps a day, you can lose a pound a week. If obviously like your diet and other things are, you know, equated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but I just think it's great for, I mean, a a million different things, but it's, it's good for heart health. It's good for overall health. I mean, it's good to get up and for mental clarity for me. Um, But I, my job is sedentary, even though I'm a trainer Mm -hmm. and a coach, my job is sedentary. I sit behind a computer (laughs) the majority of the day, but I schedule walks in the morning. It's part of my morning routine. I love it. I actually look forward to it. I listen to a podcast while I do it, Mm -hmm. Um, have walks in the evening with my husband and son and the dogs. And, um, but it's, you know, for people that have sedentary jobs, to go, I mean, I did this when I wa- uh, worked at the bank. I would go eat in my car and then I would walk either if there was a park that was close, I would walk mm-hmm. um, for like 20, 30 minutes on my lunch break. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just little things like that that people overlook that can actually burn more calories yep. than their time in the gym. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say to somebody who um, has like a gym phobia. Oh God, that was me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can just tell you that starting the gym and this is going to sound whatever, you know, people might be like, okay, she's blowing that up. But honestly, that is one of the biggest like catalysts for me in terms of like confidence and change. Um, that was one thing that like I had like mastered and now I feel like I could walk into a gym anywhere and feel Mm -hmm. confident and comfortable. So, I talked about having anxiety and stuff earlier. Mm -hmm. So um, to the point that like I have missed a good friend's shower. uh, I think it was a, was it a wedding shower or baby shower? I think baby shower. And I got there late. I had never been in the place before. And so I didn't know like how to get in where the door was. So like I was so terrified that I wouldn't even like walk in to look because I didn't, I mean, what was going to happen? People were going to look at me and be like, oh, Emma's late. I mean, big deal. But to me, like I had built it up in my head so crazy. So like I had um, anxiety and I still have a little bit around like places I haven't been. Mm -hmm. So joining the gym to me was like are you insane? Like, I'm mm. not doing that. My sister, um, she was going at the time. And so she's like, I'll go with you to sign up. Like she literally had to go with me to sign up because I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And then I would only go on days that she could go with me. So mm. if she couldn't go, I would just work out at home. Mm-hmm. Well, I was in competition prep. So it got to a point where I'm like, I have to go. Mm. So I started going early in the morning because I went with her one morning early and I realized it wasn't very crowded. Mm-hmm. So that to me, I was like, okay, there's not a lot of people in here to like watch me and judge me. Mm -hmm. I'll go then. So tip one, Mm -hmm. try to like scope out typically really early morning. There's going to be less people there. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the other thing I would recommend is if you can go at a time where um, you can just like get on the treadmill and walk and just kind of like look around and, mm-hmm. you know, just see where everything's at. That mm-hmm. way you kind of know like the setup, the layout, like you where all the stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You get more comfortable. Um, thirdly, ask for help. I mm-hmm. know that people are weird about that. And I was weird about that. Um, and even as a trainer now, like when I go to a gym. I won't walk up to a woman or anybody that I see doing something wrong. I just won't. Yeah. Um, unless I thought they were going to hurt their like hurt yeah. themselves doing something crazy. But I, if somebody has bad form, I'm not going to go tell them. If right. they ask me for help, I will always give help. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's spotting someone or if they're just trying to figure out how to work the machine, the stairmaster, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like I can't even tell you the number of people that I've helped or they've asked me like about an exercise that I did. Yeah. And so people literally, fourth tip, are not watching you. No. They're more worried about what they're doing. I can tell you that when I go in and my headphones go on, I am like the kid on Big Daddy with the sunglasses. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm invisible. To me, nobody can see me. And so I have my music, my headphones. It's like I'm not even in the same world as anybody in there. And I just get my shit done. I'm not there to socialize or talk or to worry about what anybody else is doing. And that's what the majority of other people are doing. They're on a time crunch. They don't have time to, like observe you and like make fun of you mm-hmm. people are you know i that was my biggest fear was that people were gonna like judge me or right. tell me i was doing something wrong people don't do no. that <laughs> yeah that's i think is the biggest thing no one cares no they and don't i think um for some reason people are so worried about what other people are gonna mm-hmm. think or that they're gonna judge them i can tell you that gym culture is like maybe some of the most inclusive culture yep. Ever. Yes, 100%. Um, people are so supportive yes. and, um, you know, I'm, they're never saying, oh, I can't believe that guy's only yeah. only lifting this. Or, or look what she's wearing. Or, or oh, she she definitely needs to go to the gym. Exactly. No one is thinking that. No. They're, they're doing their own thing. Yep. And um, generally people are um, just, just really um, in- inclusive and accepting yes. in the gym culture and – um, in fitness culture too, and I don't know about. I've never done a bikini competition, <laughs> but like the um, the competitions that I've done with strongman and stuff, mm-hmm. people are so encouraging. Even your competitors yes. are just like they're like cheering you on while Bikini's you're doing. The same way, yeah. And I I think that that pretty much flows through in a mm-hmm. lot of the fitness. Uh, type competition. I mean, that shit is hard and yeah. everybody's gone through the the same thing that you've gone through or something similar. So yeah. like they know what it takes to get there. So nobody is going to knock like what you look like or what like everybody seriously roots for you. And I learned that very early on because like, you know, I'm one of those that I'm like, oh, my God, she looks so good. And like she's probably 10 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm this old woman doing this. And, th- you know, the thing is, is like everybody's so encouraging and they cheer for you and they support you. And there's no cattiness. And it, it would blow your mind because you just think like with some kind of because a bikini competition similar to like a beauty competition yeah. in, in being judged that way. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're out there scoring, you know, Subjective. Yeah. <laughs> it, exactly. And so, um, you know, it just, it's crazy how supportive and encouraging and, you know, that was one of the things I enjoyed most was meeting. And there's still some that I talk to, to this very day, mm-hmm. um, and that we follow each other on social media and it's like, you feel like you've known these people forever, but it's, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was actually really tough for me for me because I'm so competitive. Yes. And I'm competitive where, you know, I was playing baseball growing up or, or whatever I was playing. I wanted to destroy yeah. 
whoever I was competing That's how against. I was too, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was hard for me. I'm like, why is this guy cheering me on yeah. right now? Like, why is this guy offering me, like, tape? Yeah, like, I know, right? Like, I was that way with basketball and um, yeah. and track. Like, I had the school records. Like, I, I've naturally been good at most things that I have done. Yeah. And so, like, even in banking, I did very well, and I was yeah. at the top branches and things like that. And so, um, the thing is, is when I got to bikini, like, I knew immediately that I was doing something that I, I don't want to say I enjoyed so much like the actual, because I did not enjoy like being in a small, tiny, sparkly suit yeah. um, and walking on stage and the posing. Like I hated all of that. I enjoyed the process and the pushing of myself mm-hmm. and like the end result. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I knew like when I go, went into these things and it's, it's not the greatest mindset to have, but like I never went into any of them thinking like I'm going to win or like going into it with the goal of winning. It was, I was going into it with the goal of like, <laughs> I made it here. <laughs> yeah, no. And so no. It, I just never went and And it's probably because I didn't have like enough confidence around like that and knew it wasn't something mm-hmm. that, you know, whereas like with basketball and track and things like I knew I was good at those things. Um, this I was just like, okay at, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed the, you know, yeah. the grind. No, I, I agree completely. I, I also, and I wanted to kind of circle back a little bit talking about the bikini competition mm-hmm. because I mean for so many people and you know I can only just I can guess but I can tell you even for guys to stand up there mm-hmm. you know in their physique competitions in like a speedo oh yeah and in front of everybody that's essentially judging their body mm-hmm. um god I mean like that's like everybody's worst nightmare <laughs> it is right? like people <laughs> reoccurring nightmares like I yeah. showed up to school and didn't have any clothes on yeah and um so that's I think that was like you know, I don't know, was it for you? Like, hey, I hated my body and this was the other extreme. I wanted to get to that. And then did you get there? Because I feel like everybody's always got things that they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I hate my whatever. Yep. Every time even, and like I look back at pictures of me like, so right now I weigh around 130 pounds. When I competed, um, I would get down to like 116, 117, the show that I got appendicitis and was like hospitalized before and all that and like got super skinny. Mm-hmm. Like I was like 113 um, when I got on stage then. And it's just because like, well, obviously I had major surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I look at pictures, even at the leanest that I was then, I still like at the time in my mind when I would send my check-ins to my coach, I would pick myself apart and I'm like, I'm not lean enough and mm-hmm. I there's this and my butt and you know all mm-hmm. these things. And now when I look back, I'm like, man, I looks great. Damn, yeah. I looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's just it's so hard when you're in it. Um, yeah. You know, it just nothing's ever good enough, and it, it's still that way with like weight loss with women because they come and they'll have this goal, and I want to get to. 120 pounds and they get to 120 and they're like, so this is it. And I'm like, man, if you're not enjoying the journey, Mm -hmm. then when you get to the end result, it's never going to be what you think it's going to be. So enjoy the journey and the way there. And that, you know, I did enjoy the journey with competing, even though it was hard as hell because I loved the grind and just the Mm -hmm. seeing your body change like that is amazing. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is, and I think it's important to, to know, Hey, you can work towards something and you mm-hmm. can accomplish your goals. Yes. And, you know, in fitness, you can change your body mm-hmm. and um, you can you can hit the goals that you set and, and even outside of, 
of uh, fitness. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you do also need to learn to, like, accept, mm-hmm. you know, who you are a yes. little bit. So, yep. you know, you have to be able to um, be content a certain to a certain point yep. and understand, like, look, you know, this is partly my DNA right here. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I can work to get a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, you have to to um, accept, um, hey, I'm healthy. Yeah, and this some is... people just aren't cut out to be, like, the size four. You right. know, it, it just, that's literally how yeah. they're built. Like, I mean, and yeah. it may suck, but at the same time, like, again, some people have this, like, vision of this weight. And if that yeah. weight on your body, like, you would look like death. Right. You know, and trying to explain that to people sometimes, too, because they get so wrapped up in mm-hmm. the... Yeah, I'm not a fan of, um, and this is controversial, you guys can send your letters in. <laughs> I don't care, to be honest with you. I'm okay with saying, yes, you know, you need to be accepting of what you are. You know, mm-hmm. like, don't hate yourself. But, like, if you're unhealthy, you're unhealthy. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to beat some. I'm not going to, like, think less of somebody because they're unhealthy or whatever. Right. And, and it's not for me to judge. But, um, you know, I, I think that there's, it's better to be healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And, th- and that's the fine line, too, that people don't understand is you can be in good shape and look great, like, physically, but your insides, like, you yeah. could be extremely unhealthy. Right. Where, same vice versa, like, you may not look as appealing on the outside or, like, look exactly like you want to. Right. But you are very healthy. And so yeah. it's that's the thing that people have to understand is, like, just because somebody looks healthy doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, no, I agree. And, um, you know, I'm not for, like, and I say that I'm not at all for shaming anybody. Right. No, or, I understand. Or their body or um, judging somebody. You know, everybody's got their own stuff that they're dealing with yep. and um but i don't i'm also not for um um teaching a, 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 an unhealthy mm-hmm. um behavior is okay or you know is the way what to strive for i guess right i see what you're saying you yep. know what i mean yep um so um anyway I, that's just my tangent on that but yeah i mean i think at the end of the day you can set your goals mm-hmm. um you don't lose sight of hey really being healthy is the main goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, celebrate your accomplishments. Yes. And um, you're not going to be necessarily an ideal physique. It's just not yep. not going to happen yep. all, all the time. Um, and I'd say anybody that you think has an ideal physique probably hates something about their Oh, everybody. Like, I mean, there's always. Yeah. And the thing is, is like even these people like that are stage lean all the time, like they literally, like these people you see on Instagram, like, mm-hmm. of course, it's a highlight reel. Like, you're seeing, they're not showing you, like, maybe their current pictures. It, maybe it's, like, all of these throwback photos of, like, when they competed because they're not happy with where they are now. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, when you get to a point where you have been that lean and then you gain some weight back, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so fat. Yeah. And I've been there, and I know that I'm not fat. Like, I physically know that looking at me, I'm not fat. Mm-hmm. Am I 100%, like, comfortable with where I am in a bikini right now? No. But at the same time, like, I, it's not one of those, like, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. Yep. I didn't, like, really diet this summer because I had a lot going on. I had eye surgery. We mm-hmm. went on va- a couple of vacations. Like, 
I knew it wasn't ideal to put myself in a deficit and be like yo-yoing all the time because diet for a week, then go on vacation, then diet for another week. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm dieting right now, which sucks a little bit. (laughs) But the idea is to like reverse through the the winter and enjoy the holidays and things. But yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, You know, I think that people need to take away um, kind of what we talked about with, hey, you can you can do, you can become a little better version of yourself. You can yes. hit your goals. Um, and I think that what you've done is awesome as far as building a business. Thank you. And then kind of really finding your niche about, hey, you can work this in with what, what you do every day, which mm-hmm. is we've got baseball practice. Yes. You know, I didn't have time to, to, to cook tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I have in the fridge? Yeah. We throw together. So I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell everybody a little bit about um, where they can find you. Mm-hmm. Um, your, uh, wh- you know, what you, what they can sign up for, how they yeah. can get your information. Yep. Uh, so I hang out mostly on Instagram. It's macros with M and um, my website is linked on my Instagram, but it's uh, macroswithm.com. I have a cookbook that's got like 4950, like super easy um, recipes that are like 300 calories or around that area where it's like fun foods, you right. know, things like, like five minutes, a lot of that. Prep. Yes. Yeah. And it's like super easy stuff, guys. Like I'm a mom. I get it. Like I have a busy life. Um, so that's ideally like a lot of the stuff that I try to not push on people, but that's, that's what I, yeah, that's what I stand for. Yeah. Um, and it, I shop at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's essentially, um, one-on-one coaching, you know, is available through application only. And, you know, you have to talk to me on the phone so we can just make sure it's a good fit. And then I also offer a 30 day shred program, uh, that's a challenge, so to speak. And, um, I have one running right now and then I'll have another one before the end of the year. Great. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks again for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Tyler Gossett Podcast. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Leave a review and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. To drop me a line, email me at tylergossettpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks.